And now another edition of Traveling with Paul Lasley and Elizabeth Harriman. Every edition of Traveling with Paul Lasley and Elizabeth Harriman airs weekdays on the American Forces Network in countries around the world. Each show is also available as a podcast at ontravel.com and at iTunes. Just use the keyword on travel. Here's Paul and Elizabeth. Victoria Falls, a festival in India, and foraging in Newfoundland. That's all coming up today on Traveling. I'm Elizabeth Harriman. And I'm Paul Leslie. And if we were going to talk about those three things. What do those three things have in common? Max Hartzorn. <laughs> Max, Max, welcome back to traveling. Max Hartzorn is the editor of GoNomad.com, a terrific website where you can learn about destinations all over the world. And uh, yes, Max, welcome back to traveling. So you actually went foraging in Newfoundland, is that right? That's right. Uh, last summer, I, I, I know it's so fun looking back at my photos and thinking about these trips I've taken. I had a heck of a year last year. And one of the places I really enjoyed in August, in a beautiful, beautiful part of the world, Newfoundland. Newfoundland is just wonderful in so many ways. It's very remote, but it's very friendly. It's kind of a, it's it's not the place you certainly wouldn't be driving there. But if you take a plane from Boston and then get off in Montreal and head up to St. John's, the capital of Newfoundland, you can enjoy some of the best seafood I've ever had and the last day we were there, we got a chance to meet a wonderful woman named Lori McCartney. And Lori is a forager. Lori McCarthy is a forager. And she is a full-time forager. And you know what that means? She finds things that are delicious right along the shore. Yeah, she, yeah, that, yeah, she we does. have a chance but to now, meet her. Now we have to issue uh, one of those mandated warnings. Yes. Forage with someone who knows what they're foraging for. Because some things are yeah. not good for your tummy. And and be sure you forage in a place where it's, you know, safe and legal for you to forage. That's right. But it's a, a tried and yes. true. Yeah, well, Lori, Lori really has it down. I know you mean, yeah, you don't want to eat the wrong mushroom. Right. But uh, Lori's got a business. It's called, her business is in Avondale, Newfoundland. And remember, that's how you say it. You say it, Newfoundland. It sounds funny, but that's yeah, how the, they say the it. The accent is on the last syllable, right? Newfoundland. Exactly. Right? Yeah, Newfoundland. Yeah. yeah. They're Newfoundlanders. They're not Newfies. Nobody oh. ever wants to be called a Newfie, apparently. <laughs> well, well, I will. we you're, will you're remember that. You're a Newfoundlander. That. And you never call yeah, remember that. Frisco. Oh, you, you never, never say Frisco never, in oh, no. San Francisco. Never say Frisco, ever, ever. Yeah. Not unless you look like a complete idiot. And it's but so, anyway, I meant, uh, when we took our... What was that last we, we took our trip up, to, up there, and the last day, you know, it was fun. We had a, a week of exploring different parts of Newfoundland on a, with a rental, rental car. It was great. And they set this thing up. My friends at the tourism board set up a little special thing at the very end of the trip. They said, you're going to go to for cod sounds. And they didn't really explain what it was, and I didn't really know what she meant. But we drove to this part of you know Newfoundland, Avondale, the tiny little village, and we finally found where she was. And there's a dock, and there's a little kind of a little inlet. And we met Lori McCarthy, who's the founder of Cod Sounds. It turns out Lori is a real expert on foraging wild vegetables that you get from, from the ocean. And we, we walk down by the beach, and there she starts cutting some of this. She was cutting a thing called a bladder rack. Uh, and all these different things, such as uh, you know, um, lamb's, lamb's, uh, lamb's quarter. And the, the different things that she picks 
are kind of like different vegetables, different sea vegetables. But it turns out these can make some of the most delicious foods. And she actually takes things like lovage, sea rocket, um, oyster mm. plant, mm. goose tongues, all those different things. And she sells them to what is known as probably the most famous restaurant in the whole of all of Canada, Raymond's, which is in Newton, in St. John's. Raymond's is a place where you go and it's like a Thomas Keller. It's wow. like a first day, you know, wow. it's such a fancy mm-hmm. restaurant. And she, and they use all of her produce, all of the sea vegetables that she, she picks. It's incredible. Oh, it sounds wonderful. Well, and the, the photographs are on um, gonomad.com. It shows her preparing a meal uh, at a table and the, the, the legs of the table are logs from birch trees, it looks like. And I mean, it's a rustic, beautiful cabin. And then uh, it looks like you ate moose meat. What did moose meat? That's right. She what she brings out. She she brought this leg of moose. Yeah, leg it was of, so oh, good. Leg of moose. I couldn't believe how good it was. Really? What did it a taste leg like? Leg of moose. I... It tastes like really rare beef, like mm. really really nicely rare beef. And then of course it had these berries. She had all these local berries that you know juniper berries that she put with it. So it made it even have a, a sweetness to go along with the um, the flavor of the meat. Um, yeah, she's, it's, so the whole program is when you go to Cod Sounds, it's very simple. You just go there, you meet a lorry, she takes you around, she picks different things, and then she brings it back and she makes a little fire in the cabin. Wow. And, and, she, is... and then at the time, there was a storm coming up, so it was even more exciting to be in the little cabin. It started raining, and oh. she prepares this beautiful feast. Oh, couldn't believe how good it was. It uh, between divers place. scallops. And, oh, it sounds Yeah, really wonderful. beautiful. And and it's a place and called. And it's an experience just a, anybody can do. Yeah, that's what I was going to. That's what I wanted to. So anybody can do that, and it's at a place called Cod C O D Sounds uh, in Avondale. It, it's yeah, Cod Sounds is the name of the place, and it's in Avondale, Newfoundland. Yeah, so really fun, and I certainly highly recommend it. And the name um, of her, and, and it's, it's Lori. Um, Lori McCarthy. Lori McCarthy is. Uh, you can go foraging with Lori in Newfoundland. I just about how much do you remember you about how much is the cost for that for like a day of foraging? I think it was about, it was about sixty dollars per person yeah. um, for for the activity and the meal. That's that's the bargain. My gosh, my meals memory, alone. Yeah. My memory of that. Newfoundland was um, there was this guy with he was holding huge lobster. It was like five mm. ten pound lobster, enormous thing. And I said, "Do you have any more of those?" You know, he says, "Oh yeah, I got a whole pond of them." And he says, you know, but it's getting a little late in the season. I have to charge you more. And I said, well, how much would that lobster cost? This is a giant lobster. It's a life-threatening lobster. <laughs> and uh, he looks at it, looks at me. He says, uh, two bucks a pound will do it. Wow. And I thought, you know, in New York, it would be, I don't know, 10 bucks a pound Fortune. at least. Yeah. So anyway, it was a wonderful trip. And I can imagine uh, having dinner with Lori would be a real treat. It, that sounds just wonderful, Max. Well, um, you were going to take us to some other places um, that you feature on GoNomad.com. Where where are you taking? Yes, us our next destination is our, our next destination is far from Newfoundland. It's in the border on the border of two countries that begin with Z: Zimbabwe and Zambia. Uh, that wow. is the. The, uh, the river, the beautiful big river that flows, the Zambezi River, goes between those two countries. And on 
the Zambezi, the tremendous ending to the Zambezi is Victoria Falls, which is just a tremendous place in Zimbabwe. Well, I guess you'd say it would be in Zimbabwe and in Zambia. It's in both countries. But Pat Hauser, one of our photographer writers, who's quite a traveler himself, went there last year. And he shared some of it about, you know, some of the details about what you do when you visit uh, places like Victoria Falls. It's the biggest waterfall in terms of size. Um, and it's got uh, about a mile worth of, of, of uh, falls between Zambia and Zimbabwe. Amazing. Well, and twice is... as high as, the, as Niagara. It is wow. one of the great visitor destinations in the world. And people make whole vacations based around getting to Victoria Falls. And I think it, it is spectacular. It's one of the places everyone should go at least once in life. It's wise to yeah. do it during it's high from the, I mean, it, oh. And the photographs. Yeah, they say that that's one of the things. You want to make sure that you're, you're there during the times when the, the rain. The, this guy says try to go at the beginning of the rainy season um, so that mm. there's a lot of water if you can really see it. But boy, from the air, there's a photograph on Go Nomad of this falls from the air. And um, it's such a long way, much longer than Niagara. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at wider. it. I'm looking at it right now. It's like this massive wall of water and it, it is spectacularly beautiful. And now he stayed like a couple of nights there at, at there are places you can stay at the falls, right? Or not not like right on the yeah, falls. Yeah, you can stay in lodges right pretty near there. Yeah. You can stay in lodges near there. And it's it's cost thirty dollars to get in to actually go in the falls and see it, but thirty bucks to get in. But you can take a trail and walk along this trail. Um, and you know, some people I think you can actually go back in. Like these guys said, they bought the ticket, but you can use your ticket again to see another different viewing point for Victoria Falls. That's cool. Yeah, they're very generous about this. A lot of places around the world are starting to charge admissions, and generally the admissions go to protecting the site uh, mm -hmm. to provide, um, you know, better trails, better things like that. So we think it's actually a, a good process to, you know, you go to a place like Victoria Falls, 30 bucks to look at it. I think it's wonderful. Oh, now guess what else you can do at Victoria Falls? Pet a crocodile. You can kiss across the border. Right, Max? Oh. We have to go That's there right. and do you that. Can you be on two. You can have one person on one country, one on the other. Exactly. One yep. in one in Zambia, <laughs> one in Zimbabwe, and you can uh, and and your kiss will be in between them. We yes. have to do that, Paul. We have to go there and do that. There is no end to the wonders of Go Nomad. <laughs> uh, Max, they have a little video of it. It's just wonderful. Now, imagination. now the other the other highlight, the other real highlight of Victoria Falls is the Devil's Pool. You can um, pay extra and go in this oh. pool that is. Right, it looks like if you're in the pool, it looks like you're just about to go over the fall. Oh. And you're right on the edge in a little natural, it's a little small little pool, but it's it's so close to the edge of the falls that it looks like you're going to fall over. But oh you're not. So it's you're quite safe. an adventure. Oh, you're safe. yeah. Exactly. That, that, I, yeah, I, I might wonder. not do that. Yeah. We'll do the kiss. Yeah. It's but not, I don't know about that little pool. The devil's Falls. <laughs> devil's, pool. devil's Pool. Yeah, right. And then, uh, but he also, the, um, the author and photographer, uh, Tab Hauser, also has um, some photos of, um, um, not a crocodile, well, a crocodile, it looks like a crocodile and a hippopotamus and some elephants. Yeah, there's lots of hippos Gosh. there, apparently. 
the hippos are the scariest thing. The hippos are the thing They're you have to really dangerous. worry about when you're in Africa. They're very dangerous. It's not the crocodiles, it's the hippos. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're the they're the ones that are more aggressive. Apparently, they they, they really come after you. Well, so, and, and also, and also uh, people think that uh, you know, a, like a river bank or something like that is all safe. You don't walk on the river banks because those cr- those critters are, especially crocodiles, are really fast. They're very fast. Yeah, but it's oh, I, you know yeah, what? This I have to say, I have heard about Victoria Falls all my life. Have not yet had the pleasure of going there. Um, this, your article on gonomad.com gives a better orientation to what visiting the falls is like than any I have ever seen. Please, please tell Tab that the, 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 the story and the photos just, they really take you there. It shows you what it's like. It sounds, it makes me really want to go That's there. That's great. Well, I'm yeah. sure Tab will appreciate that. He's done a great job for us. He's got lots of, he's a real traveler. He's really been everywhere. So, yeah. um, well, somebody so we're going to switch gears been... and I'm going to take you to yes. another continent. Okay. We're going to switch yeah. continents. That sounds great. But let me just remind everybody that you are traveling on the American Forces Network and at ontravel.com. And we are traveling this episode with Max Hartzorn, who is the editor of gonomad.com. And I'm Elizabeth Harriman here with Paul Lasley. So, yes. Max, where are you going to take? He takes us all over the world. Oh, he does. So, uh, <laughs> where are you taking yes, us Yes, indeed. We're, 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 we're rocketing all over the world. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy um, as an editor of Go Nomad is the ability to just learn about things I've never heard of yeah. and heard, hearing about places that are described in such detail that I have never heard of. Now, I never heard of this. There's a festival in, in the state of Manipur, India, and it's called the Sangai Festival. Okay. And this guy uh, visited, an Indian writer went there, and he went there on his scooter, little scooter. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool that he took a scooter and drove all the way across India to go to this part of India, Manipur. And Manipur is uh, in northeast India, and it's, uh, it's, it has a lot of mountains and stuff, and it's, it's called the Jewel State. So it's, you know, it's, a, it's a tourism hotspot for Indians, not really for anybody else or for Americans. So it's kind of a... If you went there, you would probably be the only American. That could be one thing you could say. If you went to this festival in northeast India, it's near the border of Myanmar, you uh. would very likely be the only person there from America, which could be interesting. And then this writer talks about visiting there and, and seeing the festival. And it looks, again, from the photographs, it looks like they have amazing uh, dances or ceremonies uh, or, or like an op- in an open-air theater. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Oh, they, uh, Max, Max, you broke up just a little bit there. Can animals you, there. Can, I'm sorry. Can you repeat what you said? Oh. You you broke up just a little bit. The sorry. Cats. Yeah. As editor yeah. of Go Nomad, um, well, yeah, it's, an area, it's, a, it's an area where... You, Max, I'm just explaining that as editor of Go Nomad, you are frequently in places where modern telecommunications (laughs) are difficult, if not impossible. (laughs) So sometimes the connection breaks up a little bit. But yeah, so go ahead now, Max. Yeah, so um, this this interesting thing, first of all, the name of the festival is called the Sangai Festival. And that's because there's a local deer species called the Sangai, and it's sort of named after that deer. But the, the main thing, uh, interesting thing about this part of, of India is there's a floating national park. It's actually a, a, a national park, which is called a floating national park. 
it's uh, it's hard to explain. I guess the photos would have to do it justice. But you know, I, I, it's a little confusing to me because I've never been there. It's one of those things that there's no reference point. It, it was all mm. news to me. So I had to trust this writer that he was getting everything right. But yeah, it's, it's got a lot of exotic. There's a lot of exotic dancing and costumes and an open air theater where you can see the different um, cultural exhibitions. It's a little bit similar to the other festival that they have in Nagaland, which we published a story about the Hornbill Festival. Sort of similar to that. Um, but again, these things are just, you know, these are funny little pieces of, of the world that you, know, you really wouldn't know about unless you ventured to these places and read about it on a crazy website like Go Nomad, I guess. <laughs> I think that's well, true. You know, you're absolutely right. And it also expresses the and shows the incredible adaptability of people to inhabit the earth. I was thinking of the, well, the floating uh, gardens, which were actually food sources for the Aztecs in, uh, in Mexico. Mexico City, but also uh, the reed, which I think were destroyed at the end of the war with Iraq by the uh, dictator, uh, whatever his name was. It escapes me. Oh, right those now. giant, those Buddhist, those Buddhist uh, shrines. Well, yeah. yes, that was in Afghanistan, but these were actually reed oceans <laughs> and oh. people live there in boats and then on stilt houses and things like that and was uh, probably a unesco world heritage site i don't think think it exists in the original form anymore. it's so sad when those things happen and that's why it's wonderful when places like this are preserved well now um the writer says that the the floating national park is because something called fundi have accumulated. And the fundi, it's a, he says it's a heterogeneous mass of vegetation, soil, and organic matter at various stages of decomposition, and they float over the water. And there is a, a photograph here that kind of shows it. It's almost as though they are, oh, it's like circles of vegetation that float on the water. It's really quite beautiful. Um, but inter I mean, I've never heard of anything like I, that before. I never have either. It's fascinating. That's what India, India will do that to you. You know, there are things in India that you've never heard of that you'd never see anywhere else in the world. That's one of the reasons. The other thing that's interesting about India to me is how many how many writers there are in India. Boy, I think everybody in India is a chapel writer. There's more people from India sending me stories. They just love uh -huh. India and these exploring these places that I've never heard of. And they're very persistent. They keep sending us new articles from different they speak perfect English, of course as well as their, their many, many native languages. So writing is not a problem, and they're all ready to rock and share the different parts of India. So now have you if you get a chance to go to India, this might be where to go. Well, certainly check out the, the stories on Go Nomad. Um, the writer of this article is named, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, Sushant Pandey. is a, a history and a geography lover, part-time biker and traveler, as well as wonderful photographer and writer. So, Max, have you been to India? I have not. You know, I was ready to go to India about three years ago. I had a trip set up, and I was all ready to go. And I was nervous about it, but I was going to, you know, I was going to do it. And then I broke my foot uh, with mm. an, an accident. I happened to broke my foot, so I had oh. to cancel the trip because I really didn't want to hobble no. through India. So I was unable to go. And you know, I, I, I've been uh, on the one hand, I really love to see it. On the other hand, I guess I'm a little nervous about. Um, run over by a car. I guess I'm worried. I'm so nervous about the driving over there. 
I don't right. know. Well, you, you know what? If you think, India? if you're, if no, we have not, but everyone I have spoken to who has been India, has been to India, says it is, it is life changing. They say the, the uh, colors and the sights and the sounds are so vibrant and compelling. They say you, you, you never forget it. So it is a place I would like to go. But you know, speaking of traffic, um, you take your life in your hands when you drive the 405 here in Southern California. Now, 405 hasn't been as bad lately because people have been sheltering in place, but it's starting to get bad again. So I don't know. Yes, <laughs> yes, many places in the world, you kind of take your life into your hands when you, uh, when you uh, go on the street. And I guess that's, drivers, the, cost, that's yes. the cost of traveling. You know? Drivers, drivers well, are in, actually... And that brings yeah. up an interesting yes. point, though, and probably even true in Southern California. Always, if you're a visitor... And you've never, especially if you've never been there before, but in places like India, always have a driver. Don't, I'll, you know, I know people say, oh, you can get a cab on the street, whatever else. Have a driver because number one, you yeah, know exactly. that they're reliable. And number two, you know that they can drive and they're not borrowing their cousin's car, which happens to be free for the weekend or something like that. And it's exactly like, um, our friend who uh, and contributor who lives in Nairobi, do not hire a safari guide on the streets of Nairobi. It just isn't done. Well, and, and but but you raise an interesting point about hiring a car and driver. We did that in Ireland, and oh my God! Well, of course, in Ireland you have to drive on the other side of the street, so it's doubly important to have a, a car and driver. I mean, if you're not on a tour, and um, your car and driver is a good option. For if, if you're unfamiliar with the because country, you can look at the scenery. You can look at the scenery. Somebody else does the driving, and they're not all that expensive, you know, uh, compared to other things one might do. Of course, no. we love to just. No, I, I have to say, I agree with you guys. I think, places. you know, one of the things is just paying that whatever the fee is for a guide, it changes your experience so much having somebody know instead of trying to do it on your own. You know, we're, we're very into our individualism, but I think it's true that a price of a, of a guide someplace, the stuff that I've learned from guides compared to if I was on my own, is pretty stunning. Well, and uh, we will, the next time uh, we meet, we'll give you a short story on how to guarantee marriage success <laughs> while driving in England we, around a roundabout. We did have to we, do it twice. The test of any marriage is whether or not you can drive in England or Ireland one of those places that where they drive on the other side of the street. If you if you your if you are a couple and you do that, if your marriage survives that, it will survive anything. <laughs> Going about the roundabout. Right, Paul, I, I, over to the right. No right. It. No the no to the right. No to the left. <laughs> but it was but it was wonderful. Uh, one tip is if you do rent a car in a, a place like England or Ireland, don't do it like in the center of London. Go to a small, take a train to a smaller town, rent the car there because uh, just driving in London is something you do not want to do. That's another or place. Or Dublin where, for that matter. Or Dublin. Anyway, Max, we have come to the end of another show. It's always a delight to have you on and we'll have you on again. You're just beginning to start traveling again yourself, as many of us are. So maybe the next time you can report on your latest adventure as well. Okay. okay. Yes, indeed. I am taking a trip to uh, New York State, so hopefully I have some things to share about that. Great. Max Hartzorn is with GoNomad.com, and thank you for being with us. I'm Elizabeth Harriman. I'm Paul Lasley. Stay safe. Join Paul and Elizabeth at any time since each episode of Traveling is available as a podcast on iTunes, keyword on travel, and at ontravel.com. 
You can join the global community on Twitter and Facebook at On Travel Media, and you can email at traveling at ontravel.com. Your suggestions for show topics and comments are always welcome. Join us next time on the American Forces Network and at ontravel.com. I'm Fred Sater. <laughs>